somewhere between sleeping and waking. On our journey towards the unfathomable deep, there comes a thin moment when we have one foot in the waking world and the other is in that other world where we relinquish conscious control. Pausing here and straddled between two planets that spin against each other like gears, an attentive traveller will see a narrow door only wide enough to sidle through. This is the border of sleep, a tumbling cascade of imagination and reality, a fault line in the tectonic crust of consciousness where volcanoes erupt the hot pumice of images and the languid ooze of narrative. Welcome to Stories from the Borders of Sleep, a fortnightly podcast of fairy tales for all ages from bordersofsleep.com, featuring original stories by your host Seymour Jacklin. Visit bordersofsleep.com to find out more. So, if you're ready to travel with me, then I shall begin. Greatness by Seymour Jacklin There once lived a man, a moderate man, who went about his business well enough. He was not lazy or especially busy. Sometimes he took shortcuts to get things done or left things slightly less than done and at other times he went the extra mile and put out a good job. Like many in the world, he got along, avoiding both disaster and overwhelming success in equal measure. Like many men of his generation, he had the impression that he would be great one day. But he had no plan for how he might achieve greatness, having the vague idea that it would be thrust upon him any time soon and there wasn't much he could do to hasten or delay its day. Like many people of his time, his life had a certain rhythm to it that enabled him to forget that there was such a thing as tragedy, and he preferred not to think about the fact that bad things sometimes happen to good people among whom he secretly numbered himself, having never done anything spectacularly bad. He felt that he was quite a hard worker, and as such he also felt entitled to his leisure, although he never quite worked out whether he was working in order to have the time and money to relax, or simply relaxing in order to restore his strength for work. And he was generally exhausted, like so many who've not settled that dilemma. So he spent his working hours wishing that he was somewhere else and not working, and whenever he was somewhere else and not working, he felt slightly guilty, as if he really ought to be working. Ah, oh, well, never mind, he would be great one day. So it happened that while he was about his daily business, or was it his daily recreation, that he was walking home upon a path between a wheat field and a dry stone wall, and found that his way was blocked by a curiously dressed stranger whose words were even more bizarre than his clothing. This character was dressed from head to toe in black, wearing a long black coat that reached down to his feet and having a hood drawn up over his head. Like many men of his time, the man didn't want to make a fuss of someone rudely in his way, so he made to step around the stranger and carry on his way. The path was narrow, so he would have had to trample into the wheat in order to go around him, and for a moment he hesitated, because he thought it might be frowned upon to damage the farmer's crops, and what if this person in front of him was the farmer? 
Taking advantage of this momentary standoff, the figure addressed him. Merry meet, he said. Hi, the man replied non-committally, averting his eyes. Like so many of his time, our hero was not one to strike up a conversation with strangers, but was generally polite when they tried it on him. He did wonder what sort of a greeting this might be, because it sounded a bit old-fashioned and perhaps unnecessarily affected. However, he did live in a town where some of the residents were wont to dress up in odd clothing and pretend to be something they were not, so he thought this might just be another of them. I can make you great, said the stranger. Great, said the man, as ambiguously as possible. He could have been repeating what the stranger has said, or a question, or a, an expression of pleasure at what had just been said to him. Great, said the stranger. Great? Truly great. Was it some sort of game? Was this odd person trying to sell him something? That was the most likely explanation. Um, I'm not interested, thank you, said the man. And it took a lot of courage, because like many men of his time, he found saying no quite difficult. But in the manner of a trained salesman, albeit in the language of another time and place, the stranger continued with his patter. Be not afraid of greatness. Some are born great, some achieve greatness, and others have greatness thrust upon them, he said. This is your time and hour where you can choose greatness. Like every living soul, my friend, you were born great, but you chose not to be. After that, you were left with a sense of your own greatness, but no evidence of it. You were the saddest sort of being, carrying all the nobility and authority of a prince in the recesses of your soul, but having no idea if it was real or not, or what to do with it. Two options only remained for greatness. You could work to achieve it, or you could wait for it to fall from the stars. Of course. It seemed better to wait for it, because if you worked for it, you might fail. This day have I fallen from the stars to bestow it unto you. Should you choose it, you will be a prince of many kingdoms by nightfall. The man laughed. It was a pretty speech for sure, and he was a little embarrassed that the stranger had told him at least some of the truth about him. He's probably a fraud or a good guesser, he thought. If he had been on the streets of a town, he would now not be surprised if the stranger had held out a cap for him to throw a few coins in and to be on his way. What's the catch? he found himself asking. If it was a game, he might as well play along. You will be great, but you will still be you, said the stranger. This most unexpected answer stopped the man short in his thoughts, which were just trying to choose between explaining the stranger away as an illusion of some sort, or a stray student from the local drama school. The man pictured himself as a prince of many kingdoms, loved by his people, and feared by his enemies, but secretly taking shortcuts to get things done and leaving things slightly less than done sometimes going the extra mile and rarely putting out a good job. In his mind's eye, he imagined himself as a prince of many kingdoms, getting along with greatness, but avoiding disaster and overwhelming success in equal measure. Where was the fun in that? Sighing deeply, he said to the stranger, Sorry, 
No deal. Inside he felt the twisting ache of, if only. It was one thing to offer someone something you couldn't deliver, fair enough, if it was a joke of some sort with a decent punchline, but this punchline was a body blow. His non-existent plans for greatness had never assumed that he would be anything but brilliant at the job. So, you have chosen, said the stranger matter-of-factly, and stepped neatly past him with a slight bow. In moments his long legs were taking him away down the side of the field, but for the slightest bounce in his stride you would have the impression that he was rapidly gliding away leaving the man forlornly in the landscape like a deflated balloon caught on the hedgerow. That day, the man went home and stopped waiting for greatness to fall on him. In fact, he gave up on the whole idea. What was the point of being great if he was still going to be stuck being the himself he had always been? But something did change. He felt a lot lighter, and his children were the first to notice he lost himself for a whole hour pretending to be a crocodile and rolled around on the carpet while they squealed and leapt about on the furniture. In the end they decided that he was a good crocodile and came to join him in the mud and they wallowed about on the living room floor until tea time. As he sat at the table and looked at his family, he felt quite jolly. His son laughed at one of his jokes. He laughed so hard that a bit of spaghetti came out of his nose and mum was beside herself with disgust greatness, thought the man to himself. Oh, never mind that, this is enough for me. That was many years ago. Today, he is a great grandfather. The soundtrack for this week's story was from the album Mind Reader by Carrie Live and available from magnitude.com. Many thanks to Magnitune Artists and to my sound engineer, Tim Wiles. I'll be back soon with another story. And in the meantime, you can subscribe to the podcast with iTunes or visit bordersofsleep.com for more. Or even just give us some feedback. It's always a delight to hear from listeners. <laughs>